Hello, magic seekers, and welcome to It Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts, Laura and Shannon, and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. Hello to our beautiful podcast coven. We're back for another episode of Turns Out She's a Witch. Hello, everybody. Hi, Shannon. Hey. <laughs> how you doing? I'm good, Joey. How are you doing? I'm so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm pumped because this is the second episode of the uh, forefathers of, what did you call it last week? Modern Witchcraft. Yeah. Look, there's a lot of, there's yeah. a lot of people, but these are probably... Big the more names. well-known names and, cool. yeah, you might have heard them flung about the place. Yeah. So I thought we'd get into it. So Willy-nilly. Willy-nilly. And we did Alastair Crowley last week. So if you didn't tune into that one, it is an interesting oh. – inter- I can't even say it. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> interesting listen. Oh, man, he was a full-on dude. He was, yeah. I just thought of another question about him. <laughs> did you? Yeah. How did he die, do you know? Did you, no, did I you don't come, know. come across that? Or I know really? he did die. He was a heroin addict, so I'm not sure yeah, if he okay. just, yeah. you know. It wasn't like a big story in and of itself. No. That he didn't die mid ritual something, something. No, that would, have made that a would good be story. way more interesting. Yeah, okay. Mm. But now I think he just popped off. Just popped off. <laughs> popped off to the underworld. <laughs> or the other worlds or yeah. the summer lands or whatever. Somewhere. Who would know with him? Yeah. He went here, there, and everywhere. Certainly did. No, mm. that was cool. I enjoyed that. And I enjoyed sharing my divine tool of the week. And you're going to do it again this episode. I am. Yay. <laughs> well, we shall get into it. So this yeah. week we are covering Wicca. Okay. Which I think um, many people think that witchcraft is Wicca, but they're, they're different. And paganism is Wicca too. Yeah, That's, true. You know, the, it's one of those words that is like misrepresented or not really known about. So I'm so glad that I'm here to hear about it. Yeah, for sure. And also Gerald Gardner and Doreen Valiente. So they were very big in the Wicca movement. Okay. So obviously this is a great episode for them to be in. Definitely. (laughs) Definitely. And I just wanted to um, note that I've sourced articles from learnreligions.com authored by Paddy Wiggington Hmm. and also DoreenValiente.org. Cool. So I just would like to put that out there if anyone wants to do some more research on this. Yep. And we are going to delve into those founders and also the Wiccan Read at the end. Have you heard of the the Wiccan Read before? The Wiccan Read. Yeah, R-E-D-E. No. Okay, cool. Well, that's good. That's coming up. <laughs> I'm such a baby. <laughs> I know nothing. I know nothing. <laughs> so what is Wicca? Yep. Do you want me to have a have a stab at it? Have a stab. I, from my very minimal understanding, is it a religion, the religion take on witchcraft? Yes. So it's like it's it, that's when it becomes like prescriptive, mm-hmm. like an organised religion. Yeah. Like any organised religion. Has like a set of doctrines and rules. And, yeah, it yeah. has all of the makeups of of what an organised religion has as yes. opposed to just following the faith. 
than yes. the essence of it. It is where it becomes prescribed, how it should be taken, uh-huh. how, what you should do, who you should worship, all of that. Yep, different levels within it too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So, the, okay, I'm on the right track. You are. Oh. So Wicca is a modern pagan religion. Uh-huh. And scholars of religion categorise it as both a new religious movement and as part of the occultist stream of Western eso- esotericism. Uh-huh. It was developed in England during the first half of the 20th century and was introduced to the public in 1954 by Gerald Gardner. It's pretty pretty recent, really. Modern. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And Wicca draws upon a diverse set of ancient pagan and 20th century hermetic motifs for its theological structure and ritual practices. So Wicca has no central authority figure. Its traditional core beliefs, principles and practices were originally outlined in the 1940s and 1950s by Gardner and an early high priestess, Doreen Valiente, who we'll speak about very soon. Lovely. And the early practices were disseminated through published books and in secret written and oral teachings passed along to their initiates. And there are many variations on the core structure and the religion grows and evolves over time. So it's divided into a number of diverse lineages, sects and denominations referred to as traditions, each with its own organisational structure and a level of centralisation. So pretty similar to, you know, well, I shouldn't say similar, but like how I pictured it was like, you know, you've got, um, you know, Catholicism and then you've got all the different branches of it yep. and depending on culture, I guess. So how many are there or is it just numerous? Um, I think there is numerous. Okay. I, I will refer to a few here. So oh, it says right. um, it is divided... Uh, So some traditions collectively referred to as the British traditional Wicca strictly follow the initiatory lineage of Gardner and consider the term Wicca to apply only to similar traditions but not the newer eclectic traditions. Okay. So Wicca is typically um, worships a goddess and a god and these are traditionally viewed as the triple goddess and the horned god respectively. Okay. The horned god doesn't mean the devil either <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. But I think that's, you know, where that um, stigma comes from. Like people think horned god, ha, ah, devil. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. 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 That's not that. So Wiccan celebrate, uh, celebrations encompass both the cycles of the moon, known as espats, and commonly associated with the divine feminine goddess, and the cycles of the sun, seasonally based festivals known as sabbats and commonly associated with the divine masculine horn god. So um, a statement known as the Wiccan Reed is a popular expression of Wiccan morality, although it is not universally accepted by Wiccans. Oh, okay. Not yeah. universally. No. So in so pockets of the people that follow Different it. lineages, yeah. Yep, okay. And I think we have stated on the podcast before that you can be a witch without being Wiccan. Yeah. Yes. Would that be how you describe yourself? Yeah, I'm not Wiccan, yeah. no, because yeah. I don't, um, well, for starters, I'm not part of an organised group yeah. of, of witches and mm-hmm. I haven't been initiated and I haven't gone through different levels of training, I dare say, mm-hmm. or learning. It um, certainly sounds formalised yeah. and it certainly sounds uh, like there are the steps, mm. the levels and all of that, yeah. Yeah. Hmm, okay. So... We'll start off with Gerald Gardner. Yes. 
So the founder of Wicca was certainly influenced by Crowley's writings. Oh. So that's why I thought we'd do Crowley first. Okay. Just so you knew who the heck Ooh. I was talking about. So going so far as to sometimes plagiarise Crowley's words and rituals. Interesting. Very interesting. So most of the blatantly Crowley-esque material was later reworked. Oh. So, so they weren't allowed to do that. Well, well yeah, plagiarism is not very nice, is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, if you're referencing, if you're referencing it, yeah, I suppose, yeah. rather than plagiarizing, but mm, clearly they did. It sounds like he was trying to work it into his own his own rituals. Mm. So there is a record of the two men actually meeting only twice, both within the last few months of Crowley's life. Oh. No evidence supports the suggestion that Crowley created Wicca as a joke. So that must be something that's flying around out there. Oh, okay. As a joke. As a joke. <laughs> Gerald Brusser Gardner was born in 1884 in Lancashire, England, and died in 1964. So he, he lived a long time. Mm-hmm. As a teen, he moved to Ceylon and shortly prior to World War I, relocated to Malaya, where he worked as a civil servant. So during his travels, he formed an interest in native cultures and became a bit of an amateur folklorist. In particular, he was interested in Indigenous magic and ritual practices. Both those places would be rich in that. Mm. You know, in India, there's various religious, you know, beliefs and then, would you say Malaysia? Malaya. Yeah. 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 Same yep. there again, especially mm. coming from England. It would be such a eye-opening experience to the different faiths and belief systems. Especially in the early 1900s. Yep. So after several decades abroad, Gardiner returned to England in the 1930s and settled near the New Forest. It was here that he discovered European occultism and beliefs and, according to his biography, claimed that he was initiated into the New Forest coven. Gardiner believed that the witchcraft being practised by this group was a holdover from an early pre-Christian witch cult, much like the ones described in the writings of Margaret Murray. So Gardner took many of the practices and beliefs of the New Forest Coven, combined them with ceremonial magic, Kabbalah, and the writings of Alastair Crowley, as well as other sources. So together, this package of beliefs and practices became known as the Gardnerian tradition of Wicca. Okay. And Gardner initiated a number of high priestesses into his coven, who in turn initiated new members of their own. So in this manner, Wicca spread throughout the UK. Spreads, but also there's that element of being, um, oh, gosh, the word escapes me, <laughs> a bit exclusive, I suppose. Yeah, 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 you had to be an initiate. That's right. And yeah. I wonder, which I didn't research for this, probably should have, like <laughs> if there was any sort of like prerequisites that you had to have to be initiated or to be accepted into the coven. Mm. Very interesting. You'd imagine so. You'd think so. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So Gerald Gardner launched Wicca shortly after the end of World War II and went public with his coven following the repeal of England's witchcraft laws in the early 1950s. So there's a good deal of debate whether the Wiccan community about whether the Gardnerian path is the only true Wiccan tradition. But the point remains that it was certainly the first. So Gardnerian covens require initiation and work on a degree system. Much of their information is initiatory and oath-bound, which means that it can never be shared with those outside of the coven. It is super exclusive. Mm. And you would have heard the term the Book of Shadows? The Book yes, of Shadows? Of course. I watched Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good show. 
Well, the Gardnerian Book of Shadows was created by Gerald Gardner with some assistance and editing from Doreen Valiente and drew heavily on the works by Charles Leland, Alastair Crowley and S.J. McGregor Mathers, who was in the Order of the Golden Dawn. Ah. Yeah, that was um, McGregor Mathers. Within a gardening group, each member copies the Coven Book of Shadows and then adds to it with their own information. So gardenerians self-identify by way of their lineage, which is always traced back to Gardner himself and those he initiated. So in the 1950s, when Gardner was writing what eventually became the Gardnerian Book of Shadows, one of the items he included was a list of guidelines called the Ardanes. The word Ardane is a variant on ordain or law. So Gardner claimed that the Ardanes were ancient knowledge that had been passed down to him by way of the New Forest Coven of Witches. However, it's entirely possible that Gardner wrote them himself. <laughs> no. <laughs> there was some disagreement in scholarly circles about the language contained within the Ardanes in that some of the phrasing was archaic while some others were more contemporary. So this led a number of people, including Gardner's high priestess Doreen Valiente, to question the authenticity of the Ardanes. So Valiente had suggested a set of rules for the coven, which included restrictions on public interviews and speaking with the press. Gardner introduced these Ardanes, or old laws, to his coven in response to the complaints by Valiente. So it's like she didn't want to go public. She wanted to keep it all you know, private, and he went public and published a book. Interesting. Yeah. It sounds like an original copy-paster. Yeah. <laughs> like the, the, the old archaic wording and then the new wording and yeah. probably Alistair Crowley's wording. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's been, yeah, brought up. Interesting. So one of the largest problems with the Ardain is that there is no concrete evidence of their existence prior to Gardner's revealing them in 1957. So Valiente and several other coven members questioned whether or not he had written them himself. After all, much of what is included in the Ardanes appears in Gardner's book, Witchcraft Today, as well as some of his other writings. Shelley Rabinovich, the author of the Encyclopedia of Modern Witchcraft and Neopaganism, says, After a coven meeting in late 1953, Valiente asked him about the Book of Shadows and some of its text. He had told the coven that the material was ancient text passed down to him, but Doreen had identified passages that were blatantly copied from the ritual magic of Alastair Crowley. Oh, dear. Doreen was onto it. So one of Valiente's strongest arguments against the Ardanes, in addition to its fairly sexist language and misogyny, was that these writings never appeared in any previous coven documents. In other words, they appeared when Gardner needed them most and not before. Interesting. Very interesting. Good honour for calling it out. Yeah. That wouldn't have been a comfortable position to have been in. No. Okay. Mm. Fascinating. So the dispute over the origins of, uh, of the Ardanes eventually led Valiente and several other members of the group to part ways with Gardner. The Ardanes remain a part of the standard Gardnerian Book of Shadows. However, they are not followed by every Wiccan group and are rarely used by non-Wiccan pagan traditions. There are 161 Ardanes in Gardner's original work, so there's a lot of rules to be followed. Wow. 
Some of the Ardennes read as fragmentary sentences or as continuations of the line before it. Many of them do not apply to today's society. For instance, number 35 reads, And if any break these laws, even under torture, the curse of the goddess shall be upon them so that they may may never be reborn on earth and may remain where they belong in the hell of the Christians. Oh, wow. (laughs) That's pretty hectic, hey? Love and light. (laughs) Sorry. May you remain in the hell of the Christians. Of the Christians, gosh. So many pagans today would argue that it makes no sense at all to use that threat of the Christian hell as punishment for violating a mandate. Yeah. Because if you don't believe it, why would you go there? Interesting. Very interesting. Oh, I love that point. So, however, there are also a number of guidelines that can be helpful and practical advice, such as the suggestion to keep a book of herbal remedies, a recommendation that if there is a dispute within the group, it should be fairly evaluated by the high priestess, and a guideline on keeping one's book of shadows in safe possession at all times. In 1964, on his way back from a trip to Lebanon, Gardner suffered a fatal heart attack at breakfast on the ship on which he travelled. At the next port of call in Tunisia, his body was removed from the ship and buried. Legend has it that only the ship's captain was in attendance. In 2007, he was reinterred in a different cemetery where a plaque on the headstone reads, Father of Modern Witchcraft, Beloved of the Great Goddess. Wow. So that is Gerald Gardner. Interesting. Yeah. So family-wise. Yeah, it doesn't say. It doesn't say. No. If he died alone, he must have been travelling alone. Yeah. Yep. Must have been a bloody small ship or a very empty large one. Yeah, I'm not sure. What? Did you just say a year that he died? Yes. Um, I might have blanked out. 1964, he passed away. Hmm. Yeah, but then he was reinterred in 2007. So I'm oh. not sure why that happened, but um, yeah, well, he, he was moved and a new headstone. So because he died in Tunisia, yes, and so was buried there. Yeah, I think he got... was just reinterred in a different cemetery. He wasn't brought back to England. Oh, okay. Yeah, oh. yeah. They were making a way for a new road, maybe <laughs> potentially. <laughs> for... Wow. Okay. Yeah. So he's an interesting character. Very interesting. Sort of sounds um, again like this um, person that may have had different interests when they first started and mm-hmm. then ended up. Changing with the power, with the attention, with yeah. with everything and just not able to own that. Mm. Like he could have just said, yeah, my bad. Yeah. <laughs> got a little out of hand here. Yeah. Or just said, I, I got a bit from here, I got a bit from there. It all makes sense. What do you all think? Mm. Rather than just playing it off as some ancient text. Yeah. Interesting. It is very interesting. Mm. And like with Alistair Crawley, like you were saying that, what was the first... Oh, the Book of Thelema. Yeah, that. Mm. How it was all essentially channeled information. Yeah, yeah. And was that openly discussed? So he sort of never owned that as his own teachings. No, it was a it came book from that came, you that know, deity it wasn't his, his spirit. Own. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah he never claimed it. That was his. Yeah. Mm, interesting. I think it was I. I was. I was. Was oh, the right. spirit. Yeah. Just yeah. sounds like ayahuasca. It's it like kind of does. That's what he got on to channel it through. But probably. Who cares? <laughs> Anyhow, I digress. 
Well, we shall move on to Doreen Valiant. Yes. So she's the head priestess or Yeah. I'm going to learn more. I can't wait. You are. So if Gerald Gardner is the father of modern witchcraft, mm. then Doreen Valiente is the mother of many witchcraft traditions in our modern day. Okay. So like Gardner, Doreen Valiente was born in England, although not much is known about her early years. So her website, which is maintained by her estate, verifies that she was born Doreen Edith Dominey in London in 1922. As a teen, Doreen lived in the New Forest area and is believed, and that is believed um, to be when she began experimenting with magic. So when she was 30, Doreen was introduced to Gerald Gardner. By this time, she'd been married twice. Her first husband died at sea. Her second was Casimiro Valiente. And in 1953, she was initiated into the New Forest Coven of Witches. So she would have been much younger. Than Alice, oh, not Alice. Than um, um, Gerald. Yeah, Gerald. Yes. Because Gerald was born in the 1800s. He was, yeah. So she would have been like 40 years. Younger. Yeah, 40 years younger. Mm. Yeah. Um, and over the next several years, Doreen worked with Gardner in expanding and developing his Book of Shadows, which he claimed was based on ancient documents passed down through the ages. Unfortunately, much of what Gardner had at the time was fragmented and disorganised. So Doreen took on the task of reorganising Gardner's work and more importantly, putting into a practical and usable form. In addition to finishing things up, she added her poetic gifts to the process and the end result was a collection of rituals and ceremonies which are both beautiful and workable and the foundation for much of modern Wicca some 60 years later. For a brief period, Gardner and Doreen parted ways. This is often attributed to Gardner's love of speaking publicly about witchcraft to the press, while Doreen felt that coven business should remain private. However, there is also speculation that some of the rift was caused when Doreen questioned the authenticity of Gardner's claims about the age of some of the items they were working on, as we just discussed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense. It does. At any rate, they later reconciled and worked together once more. In the 1960s, Doreen moved away from Gardnerian Wicca and was initiated into the traditional British witchcraft coven. Doreen may well be is best known for her incredibly evocative poetry, much of which has found its way into the lexicon of modern ritual format, both for Wiccans and other pagans. Her charge of the goddess is a powerful call to invoke the divine within us. The Wiccan read is often attributed to Doreen as well. So near the end of her life, Doreen was concerned about the many misconceptions about modern witchcraft, as well as the wide distortions of original teachings. She became patron of the Centre for Pagan Studies, described as offering a facility for learned research and a non-commercial environment. She passed away in 1999. Oh. Yeah. So much of Valiente's work is still in print and are definitely worth seeking out. So, um, Do she, you have any? I don't actually, no. No, I don't own any of this, oh. but I am going to. But we will. I will. <laughs> I really want to get The Charge of the Goddess. So okay. it's a collection of poems. Okay. Mm. Beautiful. And it was actually um, published after her death. Oh. Yeah. By her trust. Or... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
So her work, um, in 1962, she published Where Witchcraft Lives in 1973, an ABC of witchcraft. Oh, cute. In 1975, Natural Magic. In 1978, Witchcraft for Tomorrow. In 1989, The Rebirth of Witchcraft. And then in 2000, the year after she passed away, Charge of the Goddess. Uh, so Valiente's collection of artefacts and books are now in possession of the Doreen Valiente Foundation, which was established as a charitable trust in 2011. Wow. Yeah. And she had a husband. I think so, but I think they, well, I don't know if they were still together or not. Oh, I didn't really okay. get that. Yeah, but she had his last name anyway. That's right. Yes, okay. Yep. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure that some of her belongings like her ritual belongings are either at the museum of witchcraft the one that we follow oh, in yep. the uk yeah i'm pretty sure they they have i could be wrong might be another one <laughs> but i think there are places that you can see like these artifacts from um yeah these witches from, from her life yeah wow and then i thought i would go into the wiccan read yeah okay is this what she yeah, she's said to have written it, yep. but there's many versions. So one of the most oh. um, quoted laws of Wicca, and it's still used by many magical practitioners today. Um, so for many people, the Wiccan read consists of eight words. And it harm none, do what ye will. <laughs> okay. Those words were first publicly uttered by Doreen Valiente back in October of 1964 at a dinner hosted by the Witchcraft Research. We ugh, can't talk today. <laughs> You're doing pretty well. By the Witchcraft Research. Research. <laughs> research. <laughs> Witchcraft Research. Yay. Yay. Nailed Association. <laughs> Third time lucky. The phrase certainly goes back at least a little bit further than 1964. Sure yeah. Other witches were using the reed before the fateful October night, but that dinner 49 years ago marks the first public utterance. There you go. So the word reed itself means counsel or advice, which is exactly what the Wiccan reed provides. So a statement very similar to the read appears in Gerald Gardner's The Meaning of Witchcraft, which was published in 1959. And Gardner wrote, do what you like as long as you do, as you harm no one. Do what you like as long as you harm no one. Um, it is important to acknowledge in any discussion about the read that this is simply a guideline. There is no universal set of rules or ethical standards for today's pagans. So it's unreasonable to assume that every pagan you meet is going to follow the Wiccan read. After all, not all pagans are Wiccans. No, but we everyone has ethics. <laughs> You'd hope. That's right. Well, hopefully, yes. And among even those who are Wiccan, there is a good deal of room for interpretation. Although most pagan belief systems do have some sort of rules, there is a significant amount of variance from one path to another. So basically I went down the Wiccan read wormhole <laughs> and there are so nice. many different versions yeah but i've settled on this one to share today by lady gwen thompson okay and now i really need to get my words straight <laughs> because there's a lot of yee yees and stuff like that <laughs> why did you settle on this one well i tried to find the one from doreen and i i couldn't i just kept hitting brick walls so it was really interesting i even went to her website yeah maybe i just wasn't looking at the right place but yeah. yeah. Well, it doesn't and sound straightforward. To no. Find. Yeah. And then this one kept popping up. Okay. So ah. I think it's, it's like, maybe... pick me, pick me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So 
So you Lady went with Gwen, that. I picked you. Nice. <laughs> cool. So here it goes. To bide the Wiccan laws ye must, in perfect love and perfect trust. Live and let live, fairly take and fairly give. Cast the circle thrice about to keep all evil spirits out. To bind the spell every time, let the spell be spake in rhyme. Soft of eye and light of touch, speak little, listen much. Diosil, go by the waxing moon, sing and dance the Wiccan rune. Diosil, go by the waxing moon, changing out the Wiccan rune. Widdishins go when moon doth wane, and the werewolves howl by the dread wolfsplain. Widdishins go by waning moon, chanting out the baneful rune. When the lady's moon is new, kiss the hand to her times two. When the moon rides at her peak, then your heart's desire seek. Heed the north wind's mighty gale, lock the door and drop the sail. When the wind comes from the south, love will kiss thee on the mouth. When the wind blows from the east, expect the new and set the feast. When the wind blows o'er thee, departed spirits restless be. Nine woods in the cauldron go, burn them quick, burn them slow. Elder be ye ladies' tree, burn it not or cursed you'll be. When the wheel begins to turn, let the Beltane fires burn. When the wheel has turned a yule, light the log and let pan rule. Heed ye flowers, bush and tree. By the lady, blessed be. Where the rippling waters go, cast a stone and truth you'll know. When ye have need, hearken not to others' greed. With the fool no season spend, or be counted as a friend. Merry meet and merry part, bright the cheeks and warm the heart. Mind the threefold you, law ye should, three times bad and three times good. When misfortune is enow, wear the blue star on thy brow. True in love ever be, unless thy lover's false to thee. Eight words the Wiccan read fulfil, and it harm no one, do what ye will. That's cool. It is. There's so much in there. So much in there. About the directions and about the will of the year and about the law of three and... A uh, uh, woman's cycle. Yeah. Yep. So that's their, like, law or? Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, like their guidelines. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it rhymes as it says it should. <laughs> <laughs> and I was trying to think of something to rhyme with that, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> but she would if you were good. <laughs> and Laura's a little poet and she didn't even know it. <laughs> I loved that though. I kind of wish that I hadn't jumped in there and said, whoa, I just wanted like just sitting and morselating and that would have been good. Yeah. But we can, you know, listen to that back. That's cool. Yeah. So she's um, someone to definitely look up and research. She sounds like she was the, the mother of modern Wicca. Love it. Mm, had a lot to do with it. Yeah. Be cool to print that out somewhere. Yeah. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. And now it's divine time of the week. Divine, divine time. time. <laughs> Div- 
wine tool of the week. I love that slip of the tongue, though. It is divine, divine time, time for the divine tool. <laughs> it is, it is. And, and like, you've just carried these recordings so well and you're clocking off now, so it's good. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, for those playing at home, we've just done a couple of back-to-backs because yep, I'm moving house to business. and I need yep. to... Concentrate Shannon. on packing boxes and moving, and you're so organised and you're so systematic, and I just love that because you know you you forward plan and you know you've had to obviously because of your current work and your past work. It's like trained into you, and I just yeah. appreciate that. It's so good. So Thank you. I love that, and um, and also getting the mic for a couple of divine tools of the week has been fun too. So last time I shared the bay leaf and the bay leaf tree and my little connection to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and this week I'm getting even more personal with my divine tools, uh, tools of the week. Cause I've got two Ooh. of them and it's coming from my kitchen witchiness yet again. Mm-hmm. So first I'll talk about my big stone. <laughs> I love it. I'm looking at it right now. I know. It's huge. So it's really heavy and it's still got garlic, juice on it <laughs> so it's my um so it's just a this is a beach stone um from the north coast from from Lennox Head Beach okay yeah not that we're gonna have to post a picture of that yeah yeah I suppose we will but um not that obviously we take everything from out in nature yeah um but this one's special I liked for a while I was looking for one. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, my mum has, she's still got it, she's got a black stone that fits in her palm. It's more round. It's like solid black and she would always just crush garlic with it. And oh, wow. Yeah, uses it in cooking. Um, but it used to always like sit in or around the sink because, you know, you just, well, she'd rinse hers off. Clearly I haven't done the same. But <laughs> Um, so being in and around the sink or it wasn't unusual for us to know what it was and we'd always see her cook with it. But when people would come over and watch her do it, they're like, is that a rock? (laughs) 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 You're just using a a rock? She's like, yeah, my mum used to, um, like mill wheat and make flour or crush up her herbs, like cumin seeds after she toasted them. Like she, you know, they didn't go to the shops and have cumin powder. They'd crush it all up. Um, but when I found mine and started using mine, mum said it reminded her of her mum's because her mum had, it was even longer still. So she would sort of use it as a, um, rolling pin sort of thing as well. Yeah. But, um, so I use it all the time in cooking, Mm -hmm. not just crushing garlic, but grinding up my stones, but also it fits perfectly into my, um, mortar yeah so I do like crush up salt or anything like that with it and um yeah and it just sort of connects me back to obviously my mom but her mom in Peru and um yeah and I loved that mum said it reminded her of her mum's because yeah I wasn't to know that that's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love that. So it's just got to be non-porous. Obviously, there's so many different rocks and there's probably rocks out there that are toxic to you to not use as well. Yeah, true. We'll definitely, you can, we'll wash it off. We'll wash the garlic Wash the garlic off. off. <laughs> you can take some photos of that for social media. That so is that's so cool. my beautiful divine tool. And then the other one, it's just sitting for fun on a little baby bonnet that my nan, nanny Peg made for my firstborn. Um is a silver spoon that was Nanny Peg's mum's. Oh, wow. And so it's stirred um, oh, years and years and years of family meals. And not that I'm um, 
materialistic at all. But when I used to help Nan and Pop do the washing up, I used to call this spoon the ancient Egypt spoon because it just looks like this ancient relic. It does. And even when Pop was alive, you know, I had no shame. We'd be washing and drying up. I'd be like, Nan, when you die, <laughs> I want your spoon. This is the only thing I want. This is yeah. it. This is because it was obviously Nan herself that told me it was her mother's spoon. It was their serving spoon. It was their porridge stirring spoon. That's so it's special. now my porridge stirring spoon. If you look at it, it's just so it's worn, worn. Yeah, on that side. And um, yeah, so it's our porridge stirring spoon. I it's love our family that. meal, uh, even fried rice serving spoon. It's yeah. everything. And so that sits on my little kitchen altar next to my jar of bay leaves and jars of chilies and it's mortar beautiful. and pestle. I love that because that's connecting so you yep. to your lineages. And yeah, so both sides of my family are represented. Beautiful. Yeah. And that's just something that has evolved and um, when you sort of reflect on your own practices and your own rituals and you realise how much you're held and guided by those without even knowing it. Yeah. It's making me a little emotional actually but, yeah, really Aww. special. So I'm really, really pleased to be able to share them as my divine tools of the week. I'm so glad you did. They're beautiful, very special. and Super special. I just love that you look back and you're like, you were a little kitchen witch all along and didn't even know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I didn't even know. It. Didn't even know it. Turns out. Yeah, it turns out. And now that I've been learning Reiki, I'm putting all kinds of good shit in my food. I life. love it. Love it. <laughs> yeah, so. Beautiful. So there's very, very special ones. Yeah. New and old and connections and yeah. 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 Well, if any of our listeners have any special items like this, mm-hmm. we'd love to hear about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, anything that's been passed down in your family or that you use in ritual. Yeah. It'd be really special. Yeah, and be on the lookout for old spoons. <laughs> yeah, they can tell stories, that's for sure. I just love everything um, that they symbolise, you know, through the cooking process of cooking with your, like for your family, by you, what it holds because it's a vessel. So it's holding mm. that food and that nourishment and it's and it's serving, like it's, it's used for serving. So you're serving everyone as well. There's just so much capacity that it contains so much love and and everything and it it's obviously how you revere it and how you value it but yeah it's so magical it really is yeah so it's like it's a prized possession I like can i see said why. it's all i ever wanted yeah it's beautiful though i <laughs> and love that because of the use of it it's because it's all in there it just embodies that the energy mm. beautiful so meaningful thank you laura Absolute pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> <laughs> I think we need to get you in on the Divine Tools of the Week a bit more often. Ah, well, I'll see what else I can rustle up. <laughs> I'll tell you when I'm ready again. <laughs> well, we hope this finds you well, everybody. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us again and be sure to shoot us a message or an email if you have any questions or any topics that you want us yeah. to cover or any people you want us to investigate. <laughs> well, even um, if... Any of our listeners are well into the Wiccan world. Yeah, true. And, and yeah. you're following a particular, uh, what would you say, branch or? Yeah, path, lineage. Yeah, yeah um, we'd love to hear. School us on it, you know, write, yeah. write us in and tell us tell us more um, with, you know, obviously respectful of some things you may not be able to share and that's okay too. But, yep. um, yeah, you know, knowledge is power. So, mm. And this is such a good platform to share that knowledge and to, um 
inf- be informed about different curiosities that are often stereotyped in a negative slant. This is mm. such a beautiful platform to just be able to inform yep. yourself and others. So Sure is. I love it. Well, anyway. <laughs> thank and you, everyone. Big thank you to Shannon for doing so much research and the amount of time and effort she puts into putting these shows together is incredible. So Aww, we all get you. to benefit from that. So. My pleasure. Thank I you very much. always enjoy it and I always learn something new, that's yeah. for sure. Even about things I think I know and then yeah. I'm like, yep. You didn't know, know that. Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Take care. We'll see you next week. We love bringing Turns Out She's a Witch to you each week at no cost. So if you like what you hear, please consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We are a small operation researching, coordinating and producing the show ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps offset the costs of making the show. As a thank you, you'll get access to some beautiful guided meditation recordings, a Patreon shout-out on the podcast. There's monthly live Q&As, competitions and giveaways, as well as a special book and movie review bonus episodes. For more details, please click the link in the show notes. Of course, if you want to get in touch, send us an email at tospsychic at gmail.com. As always, we welcome your questions. We'd love it if you left a review and shared the podcast with your family and friends and give us a follow over on Insta at turnsout underscore she's a witch. Until next time, thanks for listening and being a part of our podcast coven. <laughs> <laughs>